Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I'm saying hallelujah. We should be ready. We should be ready. You didn't come here just to sit down. You came to worship God. Amen. And, you know, it's pointless to just walk in here and just say, I'm, you know, I'm just going to hear what they have to say and that's it. You better come here ready to do some work. Worship is work. Praise is work, and he inhabits all of that. So this morning as we step in to the holies of holies, we need you to help us to set the atmosphere this morning. We need you to help us to welcome the presence of the Lord. We need when he's here for you to say, holy is the Lamb of God. Come on, I need you to operate as if God was standing here. It's not, you know... If God was here, I guarantee you, everybody would be at this altar crying out for something, praising, worshiping, doing something. And that's how we need to be when we walk into the house of the Lord. God is here. How do you operate when God is here? He's here. We're inviting the presence of the Lord, but God is in this place. So as we sing these songs, we want you to sing with us. We want you to worship with us. Hallelujah. Father, we magnify your name and we glorify you this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands. I love to hear when people clap and praise the Lord. Come on, let's get it together. Come on, hallelujah.
Christ-centered church, where Christ is our central focus. At this time, I just want to say, our God is an awesome God. He loves us. Our God does not desire any of us to be destroyed. He enjoys the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of His people. We serve an awesome God, and He's worthy of our praises. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Mm. 
Now at this time, if there's anyone with a prayer request, you could indicate by raising your hand. For those online, you can send your uh, prayer request in to the AV people and they'll take care of it. They'll put it on our list. Okay? Uh, keep Brother Asker and his family in prayer. Brother Haskell lost his grandmother. Keep Sister Allen, Mama Allen, in your prayer. Pray also for Brother Crook. Or Crooks, sorry. Brother Crooks, keep him in your prayer. Randolph Lee is in need of prayer. He's in the hospital suffering from insect bites. Keep him in your prayer today. Well, we have great confidence in the only true and living God that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can think or ask of him according to the power that worketh in us. So let's all stand together this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Remember all those hands that were raised today. Our God is able. Amen. Almighty oh, God, precious Savior, mighty Redeemer, we love you, Lord, we honor and adore you. Mighty Father, we come into your presence once more, Almighty God, to lift up your holy name and give you praise. We come, Lord God, to give you thanks for all your goodness, your loving kindness, and your mercies towards us. We thank you, Almighty God, for your sweet spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us a good night's rest and for waking us this morning with a spirit of power and of love of a sound mind. Lord, we thank you for drawing us closer to you and giving us repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Lord God, we thank you for your grace and your mercies towards us. Thank you, Lord, that your grace that brings salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and burly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sweet spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for lifting us out of the gross darkness of this world and for placing us into your marvelous light. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for choosing us to be vessels of honor for your service. Mighty God, we love you. You are her strength and you are her shield. You are the rock of her salvation, Lord Jesus. Oh, mighty God, there is none like you and there is none besides you, Lord Jesus. Precious Savior, in faith we call upon you this morning. We ask you, Almighty God, that you search our hearts, search our minds today, Lord. See if there be any wicked way in us. See if there is anything that would hinder walk with you, Almighty God. We pray, Lord God, that you remove these from us. Cleanse us, Lord God, of all unrighteousness, sins, sicknesses, and diseases. Help us, Lord God, to be holy as you are holy. Oh, Lord, help us to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Lord God, we call upon you in faith, Almighty God. Asking, Lord God, that you help us to walk worthy of your calling. Help us to decrease that you may increase in us, Almighty God. Help us to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto you, Almighty God, through Jesus Christ, O Lord. O have a Father in faith, we call upon you. Asking, Almighty God, that you reach out to those who are sick today. Let your healing virtues flow to their bodies, Lord God. O Lord, remove every sickness and every disease right now. You are the healer. You are the great physician, Lord Jesus. You promised to send your word to heal and that your word will not return to you void, Almighty God. Oh, Lord God, have your way. Have your way in our lives today, we pray. Lord, we ask that you touch everyone in this service today. Pour out a fresh anointing upon us today, Lord God. Help us to receive your engrafted words with meekness, Lord. Give us wisdom, Almighty God, that we may impact the lives of others, that they too may come to serve you. 
Lord God, we ask in faith, Almighty Father, that you anoint the man of God today as he ministered to your people. Bring to his remembrance all the things that you have prepared for us today, Lord. Help us, Almighty God, to continue to grow in grace and in knowledge of you. Help us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work that you set for us. Oh, Abba, Father, have your way. Lord, have your way today as we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The church say amen. Amen.
I'd like to greet you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ and welcome everyone here. I would like to welcome our online guests and visitors. Thank you for coming and joining us in our worship this morning. Amen. Our first time, second time, and third time visitors, we're going to ask him to stand right now so we can acknowledge you and let you know how much we welcome you this morning. Amen. Just give a hand clap this morning. We welcome you. Thanks for coming. And after we see you the third time, you may be seated. After we see you the third time, we claim you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just want to remind you that every morning, 9 a.m., every Sunday morning, 9 a.m., we have our Bible study. It's very detailed. It helps you to learn a lot more about the word in detail. Amen? Amen. At this point, it's offering time. It is offering time. Amen. Amen. I just want to um, share a word with you. It's not my, um, the offering is not from me. It's from the word. And sometimes when you hear it from the word, or it, it should all the while, when you hear it from the word, it has more meaning. It's not from me. It's not what someone made up. It's from the word of God. And I'll just bring it to you this morning. It's Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be no, be, not be room enough to receive it. And just a part of the second verse, it says, And I will rebuke the devourers for your sake. So when you tithe, pay your tithes and offering, God rebukes the devourer for your sake. Amen? Amen. Just join with me. I'm going to ask you to stand while I pray over the offering. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are Lord. You are the King. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We honor you this morning, Lord Jesus. We lift you up. It is you who gave us strength. It is you who kept us, O oh God, that we could work and we could earn and know Lord Jesus, in obedience to your word, we come forth with our tithes and offering. Lord, bless it. I pray that you'd bless all those who have to give, Lord. Those who do not have to give, make a way for them so they will be able to give. And we ask these, these mercies in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Follow the instructions of the ushers, please. Amen.
somebody clap your hands to the Lord. If God has been good to you, how about you show him how good he's been? If God has kept you, how about you let him know, Lord, I know you've kept me. I didn't wake up on my own this morning. I'm not breathing this breath that I'm breathing because I'm great. It's because you're great. It's because you're wonderful. It's because you're so good to us. We're here this morning because you have been good. You have been good. Oh, somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to magnify his name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name, O oh God. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Every day you get a chance to be in the house of the Lord is a good day. I mentioned to you last week that we need to think about this more often. That what transpires when we come into this building together like this is spiritual and supernatural. I know we like to figure out things. I know we like to be able to touch things. I know we want to be able to say, I clearly understand it. But I'm here to tell you what God does when his people come together, worship him, praise him, and his word is spoken. There are spiritual things that transpire. There are, there are supernatural things that are being done in the realm of the spirit that we cannot see, but it's happening. Happening. Let's not take church for just this natural, you know, procedural, uh, traditional thing that we do because it's so much more than that. So much more than that. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It's good to see every one of you. We have a baby dedication today after uh, our, our, after the message, we're going to have the family to come and we're going to dedicate uh, baby this morning and we look forward to that. And We welcome all of our friends and family and uh, just so wonderful to see all of you. Yesterday I had the privilege to uh, finalizing three uh, marriages. The same person got married three times. One time in June, one time in July, and one time in October. We got them all done. Two was in Boston, and one was in Maryland. And we made it all happen. And so, for most of us, when you hear about three weddings, you're thinking about three different times, somebody getting married to three different people. But our baby got married three different times to the same man. She had an African wedding in Boston. Then she had the, the legal wedding in Boston. And then she had the celebratory wedding yesterday. <laughs> and man, what a great, joyous occasion it was down in Maryland 
at Christian Life Center Church in um, down in Gaithersburg area, and um, Zuri is all tied up and all wrapped up now. The poor girl. I feel so sorry for with all the energy and effort and money and everything that she put into um, her weddings. It's all done now. No more pressure. She can just live her great life with her husband, and he's a wonderful guy, and we thank God for just allowing us to be a part of that great celebratory occasion. Marriage was designed by God. Marriage was designed by God, and uh, we thank God for uh, allowing us to be a part of that. Uh, Two quick announcements. Um, October the 29th, Sunday, October the 29th, we're doing a building fund event to raise money for our building fund. And what we're doing is we will be selling dinners. Uh, A lot of churches have sold dinners, right? So we we are going to be selling dinners, but we would like for you to not just take dinners and go home. We would like for you to make it a fellowship opportunity where we can get together and eat together, talk together, share stories together, and just have a good time. And so next door in our fellowship hall on October 29th, right after service, we will have dinners. Now, for those of you that don't know, I make world-famous jerk chicken, authentic, not that bogus stuff y'all be getting from these Jamaican restaurants. And I'm not speaking disparagingly against any Jamaican restaurant. I just know my jerk is the best. I put it up against anybody because I've watched people make jerk in oven. And if you made jerk chicken in oven, that's not jerk chicken. Just saying. So I'm just letting you know. Wintertime and all, my girl going to be in the backyard going. Don't matter because jerk don't get done in the oven. Okay? Mine is outside just like we did it from the very beginning. That's how jerk is made. So we'll have jerk chicken, rice and peas, and we'll have oxtail and rice and peas. So we want you to come and fellowship with us uh, October the 29th, right after service. You will enjoy the meal and enjoy the fellowship even more. Invite somebody. Bring a couple of dollars extra with you to treat your friends that you invite. Y'all got quiet on that. What era did I grow up in? Man, I remember the era I grew up in was like, you know, when you walked in and saw your friends at any event or something, you know, you said, you bought stuff and said, this is on me. We don't do that no more. They don't do that anymore, Sister Vanessa? She said, nope. <laughs> she said, nope, they don't do that anymore. Yes, they do. They do? All right. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know, women be, you know, guys be telling women we're going out on a date, but make sure you got your money. I'm wondering what happened. Man, dude, sis, if anybody, if any guy wants you to come on a date and he said, make sure you have your money, just says, you know, I'll skip that date. He ain't for you because he broke. And any man that's telling you bring your money, he broke or he's stingy. And you don't want to be married to no man that's broke or stingy. So if he's trying to date you and he's talking about make sure you got your money. Now, ladies, I know y'all good enough to know you're going to have your own money, but don't let him know that. And when he tell you bring your own money, says, you know what, I'm just going to skip this date. They ain't messing no cheap or broke dude. There's a whole lot going on in life for me to be hooked up with some cheap or broke dude. 
If he don't know how to start treating me right from the very beginning, he can't handle me later on. You know, because I'm being nice now. You know, later on, I'm going to want some expensive stuff. I ain't trying to be with no guy that's talking about, girl, I can't buy that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That husband's supposed to say, honey, if he can't afford it at the moment, I can't afford it right now. But I promise you, you're going to get that. That's a real dude right there. All that other stuff, don't mess with them. They're wasting your time. They're going to frustrate you. And you're going to come to me and say, Pastor, he ain't no good. And I don't know what to tell you at that time, but just love you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. The other announcement that I want to make to you is uh, our Christmas banquet is December 22nd, Friday, December 22nd at the Princeton Marriott. This is one of our traditional things that we do every year. We enjoy a great, you know, we like to eat. I don't know about you, I like to eat. And so we will have a wonderful Christmas banquet like we have every year at the uh, Princeton Marriott in Forstall Village. And so, or Forstall, whatever they call over there. And um, we're going to have a good time, 7 o'clock p.m. Marriott. Food is always going to be good. Adult is $60.00. Um, I think that um, between, what's that, $35 for, what's the ages? Teens, and then if you like, you know, um, what is it, 6 to 12, you pay $15 or something. And let me tell you this, before you start saying, man, that's a lot of money. The dinner you're going to get and eat with hors d'oeuvres and this and this and all that is well over your $60, probably double your $60. So what this church does is go half with you. Y'all don't know stuff like One day y'all will find out that this is a good church. One day y'all will find out this is a good church. And we're not like most churches you've been exposed to. We're going half with you when you come December. $60 is half of the meal. So just think about that. If the meal costs $120 per person, what kind of meal is going to be? So we're going to have with you. Invite your family and friends. Sometimes our family um, just think all we do is this. And so they never really get to see us whole. And so when you invite them out to the banquet or when we do our picnic, church picnic, they get to see that it's more than this. And you want people to know it's more than this. I mean, this is where it's at. But, you know, being a part of the kingdom of God and who we are is more than this. And so we invite you, make a note of it, December 22nd, 7 p.m., Marriott in Princeton, 60 bucks for the adults and $35 for the young people and $15 for the children. And so we want you to see Sister Sylvia, amen, she will sign you up, she will take your money, and if you give your money now and you decide you can't come, we'll think about giving it back to you. Oh, next Sunday, All Nation Sunday. So next Sunday is All Nation Sunday. And what we do for All Nation Sunday, we have church service like we normally do. But here is what we normally do for All Nation Sunday. You can dress in the native um, outfit of any country that you want to dress like. Or if you're from that country and you want to dress in that native attire, we want you to dress that way. I've got my hookup. I'm ready to come through. Dressed in my native culture, you will see next week if you want to see. Come on next Sunday, same time to show up here. And um, after service, 
we will be serving you different uh, ethnic meals from around the country. You don't have to pay. Come out and celebrate with us. All Nation Sunday. If you can, this is the time to invite your neighbor that don't look like you. So if you live close to someone that don't look like you, may not be from the same place you're from, this is a good time to say, hey, Josephine, you know, we're having all nation uh, church service next Sunday, and you will love it. We're celebrating the Filipinos. We're celebrating the Latinos. We're celebrating the Africans. We're celebrating the Caribbeans. We're celebrating the European countries. We're just celebrating every country all around the world, every nation, every kindred and tongue, because that's really what's going to be going to heaven. Heaven won't just be the people that you're accustomed to seeing. Heaven going to be everybody. This is why we have to get along with each other because we're going to be around people that's not like us. And you know how we are. I don't like them. Well, can't go to heaven with them if they go to heaven. So you got to figure that one out. Amen. So come next Sunday dressed up, ready to go in your outfit, ready to eat. And if you want to cook something and bring, hey, by all means, bring it, you know, so somebody can taste, you know, what uh, nationality, you know, you cooked or you're from. We would love to um, have some of that. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's stand to our feet. We're going to get into the word of God. Again, it's good to see everyone. And uh, thank God for his goodness and what he's doing in this church. Amen. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26 and 27. Amen. I was going to say when you turn your Bibles to Genesis and you're there, say amen. A few people can say amen. Some people, you know, kind of tap into the scripture. Tap, tap, tap in the scripture. Some people still open Bibles. Uh, and most people look at the screen. You know, the church that I went to yesterday, big church, great church, CLC. Um, I was talking to Pastor Sean Libby. And, he, you know, he said, you know what? I've been thinking about stop doing live stream. I said, you, you are? He said, yeah. He said, we're still going to record the service and eventually post it online. But probably not live stream. Because we want to get people in the church building. Because when we live stream, too many people are staying home and, you know, watching it. And who knows if they're paying attention when they're home watching it. I said, I hear you, Pastor Sean. I hear you. He said, we know we know, we still will keep our social media platform and do all that stuff. But he's just concerned about how many people stay home these days and watch live stream. Hmm. I won't say what I think about it. I'll just let you ponder that. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. 
and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female created he them. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you've already started to do in this place, what you've already done. And we look forward to what you will complete in us before we leave here. I pray your anointing will rest upon me and flow upon me. That you will place me in the flow of your spirit and use me to speak as your oracle. Touch the hearts of your people. That they will be receptive to the word of God to the point where we will become doers not just hearers only. I pray that you will help every person in this place today to walk out of here differently, to receive from you just what they need, that their life will be better because they came and heard your word, because they came and experienced your presence. Lord, we love you, we honor you, and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and kindness, mercy and love. Have your way today. We thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Can everybody say amen? amen? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I would like to talk to you today. Maybe we can bring that down just a tad bit. I would like to talk to you today on this topic. Image matters. Image matters. Image is important to everyone. Public figures as politicians, actors, musicians, athletes, social media influencers, they all rise or fall in popularity in part according to their image. Image is the mental picture that another has of you. I'll say that again. Image is the mental picture that someone else has of you. And so in knowing that, what we have to fess up to this morning is we're always doing something to project a certain image. Whether you want to admit to it or not, we're always projecting an image that we want people to think of us. Mm -hmm. even the people that seems to not care, they're still projecting the image. I want you to see me as I don't conform to anything. So it's still an image. Nobody is moving about and functioning that is not aware, human that is, that they want to project a certain image. Mm -hmm. However, You present yourself, however you present yourself, you are fully aware of the image you are portraying because image is important. Mm -hmm. Self-image is important because how we think about ourselves affects how we feel about ourselves, and how we interact with others and the world around us. And so we 
get ourselves together this morning and we decide we're going to go into the house of the Lord and however we dress, whatever we did to our hair, whatever we did, it was all in projection to represent who we are. The Bible states that we are created in God's image and likeness, which are essentially synonymous terms, image and likeness. Both indicate personality, moral, and spiritual qualities that only God and man shares. Freedom of choice, responsibility, speech, moral discernment. These distinguish humans from the animals as animals are not made in the image of God. Humans are the prized possession of the existence of this world. There is nothing more important in this world than us. God created us as the most wonderful things that he created. He did not create anything like us. Everything else comes after us, but we are numero uno, God's sole prize possession. In other sense, man is made in the image of God, how he rules and creates or procreates as God does, thus reflecting the image of God. But hear this. The fall, meaning when man sinned, the fall of man obscured him, marred him, distorted his image, but did not obliterate the image of God in man. What does that mean, preacher? That means we were created in the image of God, yes. In his likeness, yes. However, we didn't maintain the image that God created us to maintain because we went and disobeyed God, sinned against God, and when we did that, we marred the image that God created us to be, his image. We marred it. And so we're wondering sometimes why we are where we are, what's going on in our lives. It's because we're not living our true self. We're not really living according to our true image of who we're supposed to be. And we wonder, why is this and why is that? Well, why? Because man is not living according to his or her true image of who he or she was created to be. The image of God. That's who we were created to be. And any time we function as any other image, we're not functioning according to what we were created to be. Our true image is always how God originally created us. The Bible says in Psalms 139 verse 14, I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right 
well. If we ever get to a place where we realize we were created in the image of God and we are like God. We are created in his likeness. We're created like him. There is nothing else created, designed in this world that is like God. And when you stop and think that God made us like him, we would stop and begin to say, Lord, I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I will bless thee, O God, for you have made me like you and you didn't have to. What do you think about God? You know, I've done, I think a lot. And one of the things that I think about a lot is when we don't understand things, that's how we get stuck. And depending on how we value things will also determine what we will do. So our knowledge of things and our value of things will determine our actions. Let you stew on that a little bit. Our knowledge of things. Yes. And our value of things will determine how we act. I was driving down yesterday with a few people to the wedding. I was talking to a young person. And I'm one of those preachers that I really was never, I I was really a sinner for real before I got saved. Some of us get saved and act like we were really kind of just good people all our lives. That might have been you. And it's possible that that's you. That wasn't me. I was a real sinner. And every once in a while, some, some things that I've heard, seen, and experienced come back to my mind. Sinful things, worldly things. And I was down in Maryland yesterday at Starbucks. And all of a sudden, I remembered. Who would understand? Brother Henry. Brother Henry. I'm in Maryland, and all of a sudden, I got this thought. All road lead, Baltimore, Maryland. Some of you don't know what I just said. It's okay. But I'm like, every weekend... There was another dance session somewhere, and I'm going. I'm, whether it's New York, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's Philadelphia, I don't care where it was, I was going. It was nothing for me to drive to Boston and do Zori's wedding. It's nothing for me to drive to Maryland and do Zori's wedding because I remember when I was a sinner where I traveled to. I never missed Carabana in Toronto. I was always, let's go. And you want me to come live for God and just chill? And y'all don't know who y'all talking to. You don't know this preacher. You don't even want to bring too much stuff to me because I'm going to probably tell you some stuff you're going to think I'm crazy. But I'm not crazy. It's just because I was really an unsaved wretch undone, living in the world, not good, not living for God, ignoring God. And then when I come to the knowledge of this truth and understand who God is, understand what God can do and what God has made me, oh, life is not just, just, just whatever it is. No, sir, life is not just as we go because God has done some great things for me. 
God has shown me what he has done. And so when we read, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, and realize I was just marring my life. I was just messing up my life. I was just distorting the image of who I was designed and created to be. And here I am. God has now revealed to me who he is and who I am. And God, I am just so indebted to you. That causes man to truly repent and say, God, help me and save me so I can walk in my purpose and in the true image that you created me to be and not some image I'm portraying to the world to make them think something of me. I want you, God, to be approved of how I live because I live in the image. Because we are created by God's hands and God's breath. God alone deserve our praise and worship. We were created by God's hands, God's breath. And because of that, here we are today living in the image of God. We should give God the praise. We should give God the glory. We should worship God because guess what? Here's a little secret. Let me whisper it. Whatever you worship, you become more like that thing or that person. Whatever you worship, you become more like that thing or that person. God ain't slow. I got to use that one. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, you know, we, we say things. God is great and all powerful, but we act sometimes like God's slow. Like he don't know. And so God didn't tell us to worship him because he needs somebody to worship him. God is not saying praise me because I need you to praise me. I was here before you. I always existed. I don't need you to help me be who I am. I'm going to be who I am whether you praise me or you don't. So when I tell you to praise me, when I tell you to worship me, it's because I want you to live and move in your true image. We will never be able to live in our true image that God created us in if we don't worship and praise God. If we don't worship and praise God, we will never be, we will never live life in the image God created us to be. In Exodus chapter 20, verse number 4, the scripture says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. In Exodus 20, verse 4 through 6, we are looking at the first two commandments of the Ten Commandments. They teach us that we are created 
to worship God, those two commandments. The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me, small g. It deals with whom we worship. If God said we should have no other gods, it's dealing with who should we worship then? No other god but me. So God don't want us to have any other God before him. We should not worship any other God. The second commandment is connected to the first, and it deals with how we should worship. You shall make no graven image. So I know some of us that we're chained with um, Jesus on the cross is saying it's just to remind me, you know, about what he has done. But the bottom line is, first thing is, he's not on the cross anymore. Second thing is, you got to be careful that you don't make it some graven image that you admire, admire and adore when that's really not God. That's just an emblem. So be careful with that. And so God is teaching us who to worship and how to worship. The first commandment is supposed to protect us against idol worship, which was common in those days. Unfortunately, our world doesn't seem to be any different today. Idol worship is still common today because we are still neglecting the first commandment. Y'all don't believe idol worship is still going on. (laughs) The second commandment was supposed to keep us in the right relationship with God through worship. That we may know how to worship him and be faithful to him. Unfortunately for Israel, they still ended up worshiping false gods that made that were made with man's hands. Now that sounds weird. How would you worship false gods that's made with man's hand? You want me to tell you how? God built within us the need to worship. God built within us the need to worship. So the truth of the matter is, if we don't worship God, we're going to find ourselves worshiping something or somebody. Israel could have begged, watch this, when they were in uh, the mountain, right? And, 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 you know, Moses went up further up in the mountain. Israel could have begged Aaron for weapons, food, medicine, or even a map. But they asked him for God. Isn't that interesting? Even people who don't worship still worship. Meaning if you don't worship God, you still worship. They may worship Success. They may worship their job. They they may worship their fitness. They may worship their money, their children, their stuff. God knows we will worship. But he also knows he's the only one worthy of our worship because he's the only one able to save us, heal us, help us, protect us, provide for us, fight for us, keep us, comfort us, watch over us. Only God can do those things for us. Why will we worship anything else or anyone else? Because they can't do for us what God can do for us. Who are we worshiping? 
Who are we worshiping? At any time in this service, you can start to worship God. At any time in this church service, you can worship God. We're, you're not in a church where, oh, you know, I got to, you, know, uh, you know, worship only when I get home or I, I can't make, let them see me when I worship or this is not proper. No, go read your Bible and you'll see. I mean, people speak with tongues in the Bible. I mean, people ran, people sang, people played instrument, people worship, people praise. That's the kingdom of God. That's God's church. God's church is not some dead church where people are sitting around just listening. No, God's church is a people that are on fire, a people that are filled with His Spirit, a people that worship Him. That's God's church. We were created in God's image. Image matters. Are you worshiping the true and living God or some image? You created in your mind because most of us, eh, I'll give us some credit and says, we're not going to be going to no statue. Most of us, some people still do it, but most of us not going to a statue talking about most of us not going to do that. But I'm here to tell you, if you have things, images in your mind that you kind of let control your life, you are worshiping that image. You're worshiping that thought. You're worshiping that situation. And that's still idol worship. Worship video games. Worship TV shows. Worship the news. You want me to go on and on? Because sometimes you need me to spill it out and let you know there's something that just control you. Oh, I got to be home for that news. Oh, I got to be home for that game. Oh, I got to be able to meet. Just all these things that it controls what we're doing. I'm not telling you that we don't do stuff, that we're not supposed to watch the news or whatever. But when it controls you, you have now turned it over to being an authority in your life. And anything that's an authority in your life like that, uh, you got to ask yourself, is that the image? Is that what I'm worshiping or am I just having that in my life? How we see God can either bind us or liberate us. If we have the wrong image of God, we will be bound. And if we have the right and correct image of God, we will be free. I believe a lot of us are struggling because we don't really have the right image of God. And if you don't have the right image of God, you don't have the right image of yourself. You cannot have the right image of yourself if you don't have the right image of God because we were created in his image. And if you don't know him, how are you going to know you? If we have the correct image of God, we're going to be free. We will. Our image of ourselves can bind us or free us. When we come to Christ, we all have expectations of what Christians are supposed to be like, how Christians act. And we do not learn how to be a Christian except by studying God's word and obeying God's word. Let me just help you real quick. You come in here today and you're brand new. I know you look around and you probably think you can see all the Christians. Yeah, they look like a Christian. Yeah, they look like a Christian. But I'm here to tell you, you need to study God's word for yourself. You need to learn God's word for yourself. And then you need to apply God's word in your life so you can be the Christian the Bible says. 
We set ourselves up and then complain. In our mind, we come into church doors and we start looking at people thinking that that's who we're supposed to be like. Because they're a real Christian. How you know? And how you know what a real Christian is supposed to be? Did you study this word to know what a real Christian is supposed to be? You study this word, the book, the Bible, and you will know what a real Christian is supposed to be. Then you can be that real Christian. (laughs) So our image of ourselves can bind us. Because self-image is not even valuable if we don't have the understanding of who God is. We must have the right image of who we are as a Christian. We were created in the image of God. Watch this. Ready for this? Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord Jesus Christ because they didn't maintain the image of God. When the devil rolled up on Eve and started getting her, instead of her understanding who she was and say devil, because the devil told Eve, God don't want you to be like him. Go back and read it. Brother Kellerman, you the scholar. Did he say that? The Bible says that the devil told Eve, God don't want you to be like him. She should have stopped him right there. I'm already like him. I'm already like him. So whatever you're telling me, I'm not believing a thing that you tell me. Because that right there already, I caught you. So from me catching you trying to lie to me to tell me who I am, I'm stopping you right there. But she didn't pay attention to who she was. Created in the image of God. And so she went on and got deceived, and the man went on and sinned against God. On the flip side, Jesus didn't allow the devil to make him sin when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. The devil told him, if you God. Well, God knew who he was. (laughs) He knew he was. So he's not worried about some devil telling him, if. He already knew who he was. So he didn't turn no stone to bread because he said, I'm not letting you take me out of who I am. And when you become a real man of God, a real woman of God, understanding that you are made in the image of God, you got to tell yourself and tell the devil and tell anybody else that you need to tell, I'm not letting you take me out of who I am. I'm made in the image of God. And I'm not letting nobody take me out of who I am. I'm finished. I'm getting ready to finish. Ain't nobody taking me about who I am. Let me fight with me when I mess up, but you're not going to get me to mess up. Let me, I, I don't want to fight with anybody. I'm not fighting with the devil, and I'm not fighting with people. Let me fight with myself when I mess up, because I know I'm not perfect, so I know I'm going to do some dumb things. I know I'm going to mess up sometimes. Let me fight with me and call on the name of the Lord to try to get me right. But I'm not letting the devil call me out of my place. I'm not letting the devil tell me something differently than who I am. 
You were made in the image of God. Every one of you in here, you were made in the image of God. God made you in his image. And you ought to understand, you're the most prized possession walking the earth. None of us are more valuable than any one of us. He made us all the same way. He made us all the same way. Stop comparing yourself with anybody else. They're no more valuable than you to God. Just as much as they're valuable to God, you're valuable the same. Stop looking at other people and thinking that, oh, but they got this going and they got that going. None of what they got going make any difference if they are not living and walking in the image they were created in. The only thing we need to worry about is living in the image of God. I'm not worried if you're making more money than me. I'm not worried if your house bigger than mine. I'm not worried about if your car nicer than mine. I don't care if you're renting or you bought or your job is greater than mine. All I care about is I want to be living in the image of God. And that's all that matters. I want to live. In the image of God. That's it. Not worried about anything else. I'm not worried about how many talents you have, how many gifts you have, uh, what you have experienced, uh, all the trips you took, uh, all the life you're living. I'm not worried about it. I'm only worried about the image that I project. Is it the image of God the way I was created? All this separation stuff, all the stuff that we've been doing uh, and fighting it in our mind and comparing ourselves uh, and separating ourselves, uh, act like we're better than each other. We're crazy. God made us one way, one way, and that's in his image. Help me somebody. God wants to do something in here. God wants to help you. Will you help me? Because God wants to do something in our life. He wants us to be who we are and not be somebody else. I'm telling you, when you become who God wants you to be, when you know who you are, you walk around and you're not intimidated. You can't intimidate me. Nobody intimidate me. I'm a child of God. You can sit how you want. You can look how you want. But look at me. I ain't intimidated. Ain't nobody going to intimidate me. I'm made in the image of God. And everybody in this house needs to get up and act like they are made in the image of God. I ain't the only one made in the image of God. your name Jesus we bless your name oh God we give you the praise and the honor Jesus oh hallelujah 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 glory be to God somebody reclaim the image that God made you in his image
stand with me. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, the scripture says, For whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first among, firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, who, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Write that scripture down, Romans 8, 29 and 30. Your destiny is not that you become rich. Your destiny is not that you have this wonderful life in this earth. Your destiny is not that you have a nice big house. Your destiny is not all the things you have made it to be if it has not been to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's your destiny. Your destiny is to be conformed in the image you were originally created in. We marred ourselves at the beginning. And from that time till today and until Jesus returned, he's working on getting us back to be conformed to the image we were created in from the very beginning. We need to get that part right and God wants to restore the image of man because man has distorted the image of God. Man has misrepresented who they were created by and by whom they were created. We need to let God restore our image so we can project God to everybody else that don't know him. As Christians, it's up to us to let God mold us and shape us and make us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something about God that's very interested or interesting? God became man. God became man. God became man like we are. So he will help us to be like him. Do you see how much God loves us? Go back and read. In the Bible in the beginning, God manifested himself as spirit. You can't see spirit. So God in the beginning of what we come to know operated, moved about as spirit. When we sinned in the garden and distorted and marred our image, he says, the best way I can help them is to become like them and live how they're supposed to live so they have an example. You marred your image in the beginning. And so whatever I told you you were when, you, when I told you you were created in me, in my image, you seemed to have neglected and probably didn't even embrace it. So I'll do one better. I will no longer just be invisible. I will become visible. 
This is why Jesus Christ can only be God. He can't be the second person in the Trinity. Because then that wouldn't compute. God is one. When we first heard from him, we heard from him because as spirit. Many reasons why he became human. But one of the reasons he became human was to show us what his image is like physically. That's one of the reasons. So you no longer would be guessing. You no longer would be trying to figure out what did he mean by we were created in his image. Yes, image. He was talking about spirituality. He was talking about morals. He was talking about characteristics. He was, that's what he was talking about. But, but we don't focus on stuff like that. He knows us. He made us to visual, be visual people. And so while he told us that we were creating his image, there were things that weren't so tangible, so to speak. And so he says, all right, let me do one better. I'm going to become one of you. And then I'm going to walk among you. And I'm going to show you what my image looked like. So you can see it. So you don't have to get all deep in the scripture anymore. You can just read the life of Jesus Christ, who is me, God, manifest. You can just read. And so you will know what I'm about. So you will learn who I am. So now you can see the image and not just read and try to figure out the image. Our destiny, church, is to be conformed to the image in which we were created. That image is the almighty God. Can we stop being selfish? I'm finished. When we don't allow God to shape us and conform us, we're really being selfish. What do you mean by that, preacher? You may not like the whole world. You might only like the people closest to you. You might only love your relatives. But you didn't create everybody. And so while not acceptable, but understandable that you don't love everybody and like everybody, that's you. But God created everybody. God is responsible for all life. And so what he is trying to do is give every person that have life an opportunity to live out who they are, his image. And when we all conform to the image of Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in flesh, we make that even much more possible. Because then there's a whole lot of us living in the image we were created in. So those who don't know him can now stop and say, hmm, and we will become just like Jesus. Examples that people can look at and say, now I know what he's talking about when he talks about we were created in his image because Jesus was the image of God and now we are being conformed to be like Jesus. Somebody thank God today. Come on, open up your mouth and thank God today. Open up your mouth and give him praise and say, God, I thank you. 
Will you just thank him right now because what he has bestowed upon you and I, we don't deserve it. How he has treated us, we don't deserve it. But he's ever reaching for us. He's ever shaping us. He's ever molding us. He's ever reaching for us. We don't deserve his goodness because we've turned our backs on him many times. We have rejected him many times. We have neglected him many times. But he has not given up on us. He's still reaching for us. He's still telling us, you can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. You can be conformed to the way I created you. You don't have to live any other life other than the life that I created for you. Somebody look to the Lord today. Look to the Lord today. Look to the Lord today. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me real quick. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, why don't you start the process to be conformed to his image, the way he created you to be? We cannot get this thing right until we repent of our sins. Until we come to God and say, God, I realize I have lived outside of who you created me to be. I've lived how I wanted to, Lord. I have disregarded the life that you wanted me to live. The image you created and designed me to be. Forgive me, Lord. Somebody, you need to repent and ask God to forgive you. And when you're done doing that, you need to come down here and say, I want to give my life to God. Because I want to live my true life. That image of God. I want to live. I want to move. I want to function in the image of God and not in the image of self. Not, I don't want to portray an image to this world that I want them to think of me. Who cares what the world think of us? What God think of you is what matters because he created you. This world didn't create you. This world had nothing to do with you coming here and being in the kingdom of God. This world had nothing to do with that. That was all God. We don't owe the world anything. When we live for God, we contribute to the world. But we don't owe them anything. They can't make us live a certain kind of way. They can't blackmail us to live a certain way. Because they're not responsible for who you are. They're not responsible for God designing, shaping. Woo! How about we go to God and repent? And when we repent, if you want to give your life to God, you come down here and give your life to God today. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me, Lord, for marring the image that you have created me in, your image. Forgive me, Lord God, for, Lord, living beneath your privileges. Forgive me, Lord God, for neglecting and disobeying the word of God where you, Lord Jesus, have called me to obey. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for doing what I want or for even projecting a certain image, portraying a certain image to society for what I want them to see of me and think of me. Forgive me for living my life to please others, to project to others who I want them to think of me. Forgive me, Lord, for today, Lord, I've surrendered my life. I surrender to you and I repent of my sins. I know I've sinned. I know I've done wrong. I know I've done wrong. 
But will you forgive me this morning? Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you cleanse me from all unrighteousness? I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind today. And I ask for Jesus that you'll restore the image of God in me. Restore the image of God in me that I may be who you created me to be. I may walk in my purpose and in the power of your might. Oh God, have your way today. Save my soul, Lord God. Save my soul, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. Come on and thank Him today. If you want to give your life to the Lord, why don't you come down and give your life to the Lord? Surrender to Him today. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Lord. You want to get baptized? Well, I knew you was going to get baptized one day. Because the very first time you started coming to this church, that was your hangout over there. You still want to hang out over there, huh? We're going to get you baptized today. What's your name again? Ethan. Mm. All right, Ethan, lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for calling Ethan today. Lord, when we become restored back to your image, we will realize that... You're so powerful. You can speak to little Ethan, Lord God, where he will understand he's ready to give his life to you. And, oh, God, that's only the power of your spirit, the power of your word, where little Ethan can know today is his day to give his life to you. And nobody had to tell him. He knew, Lord God, that today was his day. That's how powerful you are. That's how great you are. And we're thankful, Lord Jesus, for Ethan's life and the things that you have already started to do and the things that you will do, how you will raise him up and how you will use him mightily and miraculously. Lord, will you bless Ethan and keep him. Let your face shine upon him and be gracious unto him. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Dad, come on, Dad. Brother Calvin and Dad will take Ethan to get ready. Let Dad come and and help out with the process. Anybody else? Anybody else want to give their life to God today? Little Ethan knew he want to give his life to God. Anybody else? Any grown-up? God is good. Lift your hands with me. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord God, for speaking to our hearts. God, we want to be restored back to the image that you created us to be. That, God, we can be just like you. Just like you. In morals. Just like you spiritually. Just like you in characteristics. Just like you, Lord God, in intellect. You designed us to be like you. You designed us, Lord God, to be examples to this world. And, oh God, we're grateful. We're thankful. God, we've marred this image before. But now we're telling you, we want to keep this image clean. We want to keep this image according to how you first designed and created us. Have your way today as we go from this place. Keep your hands upon us. Let your will be done in our lives. And if somebody else is here that want to be saved, will you touch them one more time and remind them it is you that's calling them to be saved. Have your way today. We give you the praise and the honor. 
in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Those of you that are part of the baby dedication, we want you to come forward right now.